your business is the thousand piece Lego set with this really cool picture on the box, but you don't go try and put all thousand pieces together at once. You identify, okay, what are the bags that make up this picture and let me go focus on one bag at a time. So that's exactly what we focus on doing. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text QUICK TIPS to 33444. That's the word QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, and TIPS, T-I-P-S as in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. All right, everyone. Today we have Brad Martineau, who is the co-founder of Sixth Division, which helps businesses thrive with marketing automation via Infusionsoft. Brad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background first, and then I will jump into your, your company. Uh, sure. So uh, born and raised in Arizona. I'm a six to ten kids. Uh, growing up, I was super into basketball, loved wearing hats. Anyone that sees the picture for this will probably notice that I wearing a hat. I was into hats growing up, uh, but I have a really big head. And back then it wasn't cool to have big hats. So I either had like a quarter inch line across my forehead with a massive headache, or I just stopped wearing hats. So I stopped. And then about my 30th birthday, I realized, hey, wait a minute, it's cool to wear big hats. And there's this cool thing called e-commerce. So I ended up buying a bunch of hats, tried one on and wore it at an event and it kind of stuck as the brand. So, so it kind of became part of the brand. Um, Basically, my business career starts. I was the sixth employee at Infusionsoft. Um, they're sitting, I think, at about 750 employees or somewhere in there. So I was there at number six. I got a front row seat to um, them growing that company from about six to 150 employees. We went from about a half a million in revenues to uh, just a little bit north of 15 million in recurring revenue. Um, and basically what I saw while I was there is that we were building this really cool tool and we were helping small businesses. We were building a tool that would help small businesses uh, leverage the power of technology, but there were a lot of people that struggled with how to implement it. And so there are a lot of ideas that they wanted to get implemented, but one of the biggest things that people struggle with is how to actually get stuff done. Um, and so 2010, uh, broke off from Infusionsoft and, and started Sixth Division. And really the whole entire goal and purpose of Sixth Division is to make it easy for people to get their ideas implemented so they can actually make money and have more time. So that's me in a nutshell. Got it. Okay. Now, can you tell us a little more about Sixth Division and what you guys do exactly? I know you guys have a few different offerings. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so, so like I was saying, our, our, like the end result of what we want to create is we help people get their ideas implemented at lightning speed. That's like the, the value proposition. More specifically, though, if you look at so if you look at business, there are a lot of different categories from like hiring and management and all of that. Uh, but the one that we focus on is in the realm of client acquisition and, and taking leads and, and turning them into clients. When you get into that area of business, there's kind of two main components. There's the advertising and traffic component. I've got to go find people and, and attract them to my business. And then there's the, okay, I'm capturing a lead. Now, what do I do to convert that lead into a prospect and then convert that prospect into a buyer and then convert that buyer ultimately into a client. So we call that last half from lead to client, we call it the client journey. 
And what we do specifically is we come in and we help businesses first architect what their client journey ought to look like. We have a proprietary process called the client journey experience. So we help them design a blueprint of what that ought to look like, and then we help them go build it. And we've got offerings that range from come hang out in our office for a couple of days um, to sign up into our membership and we'll be basically a part of your team to help make sure your ideas get implemented quickly. But it's all focused within the realm, like the, the, the aspect of business that has to deal with I'm capturing a lead. Now, what am I going to do? And what are all the emails that I ought to send? When do I call? And what do I say? And, and all of that. How does all of that run from the time I capture a lead to the time that they become a client, whatever that definition looks like for a business? Got it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, marketing automation can be a really confusing topic for people, especially for, for people that are, that are starting up. Um, so, I mean, you know, high level, it's, it sounds like you guys will, you know, come in and just kind of clean everything up and guide people if they don't know where to go. Yeah, we help them first decide what they should be doing with marketing automation, and then we help go build it. Got it. Okay, great. So, you know, question for you. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people, you know, they call Infusionsoft Confusionsoft, and then, you know, people are, like, trying to get off of it all the time. So, um, you know, why are you guys uh, are you guys sticking with Infusionsoft, and if so, why? Uh, we, we are for now. Um, I, I have a hard time imagining that for the entire life of our business, we'll stay completely under that umbrella. So I imagine that... Um, that will start to branch out. But, but the reality is, so Infusionsoft's a tool. There are a lot of people that call it Confusionsoft and that complain about it. Um, what I've found is that in most cases, um, that's a result of just not understanding how that tool or how Infusionsoft should be used in the business or not, not having the skill set to actually do automation in their business. And so the analogy I give in terms of Infusionsoft is like if I, so I've got, I got five kids. Um, and my youngest is five years old. And a couple of years ago, I'm teaching him how to ride a bike. And he's falling and falling and falling. And if I were to ask him at that point, hey, is this hard? He would say yes. Well, eventually, we taught him how to ride a bike. And now he can ride around fine. And if I ask him now if it's hard, he'll say, no, it's easy. Well, the interesting thing, if we look at that analogy, is guess what changed? Because <laughs> it wasn't the bike, right? The bike didn't change. What happened is he gained the skill set of how to ride the bike. So when you get into marketing automation, there are a lot of people that are nervous and, and, and they get scared and, and they're concerned or you get people that get into Infusionsoft and they feel overwhelmed and it's not the tool, it's that the tool is forcing you to do something that you've never done before. And so what, what we found in our entire approach has been the problem with Infusionsoft or you can list any other tool like Infusionsoft that does something similar, um, the, the, what that represents is it represents forcing a business owner to start to think about their business through the lens of technology and automation and a business has never one it's never like small business in the past has not even had the the capability to do that let alone been like required to think about it so we're staying there because infusionsoft is the best tool for small businesses um it's the it's the tool that we're most comfortable with it's the it's the most robust tool that's available in the automation space um and we're really well entrenched in that market uh, so, so we're going to stay there as kind of our core. As we continue to grow and expand, where I see us expanding is that we start to take the lessons that we're learning, understanding that the biggest problem with businesses adopting marketing automation is understanding how to look at their business through the lens of automation, where I see us branching out and starting to help businesses do that well before they've even chosen a tool. But to start to look at, hey, what does my client journey look like? And then what kind of tools can I start to put in place? And maybe for some of those, that means an Infusionsoft. Maybe for others it means something else, but there's a tremendous amount of time and energy that gets just wasted trying to think through how to, how to architect a client journey that, that we've learned through working with Infusionsoft users that we'll probably 
go out and start to take to the market at large. Um, now, that's in the future. I try not to spend too much time thinking about what might be in the future because I got enough challenges making today happen. But, um, but that's, that's where I see us going uh, at a high level. Got it. Okay. Now, if you're to talk to somebody, I mean, I mean, give, to give like a high level process, a high level process for, for a client journey, you know, how would that look? Um, so we don't, you always start with the, uh, with what you sell. Um, and, and not like, <laughs> I have to be careful when I say that, uh, you start with what you sell. And I don't mean like the, the high level benefit of what you sell. I mean, the actual products, like it, it, you want to create your product menu. So when I walk into a restaurant, if it sells, let's say it sells Mexican food, right? I walk into a restaurant. I don't walk in and say, hey, what, what do you guys have to eat? And they say Mexican food. Like I can't buy Mexican food. I've got to buy like a taco or a breeder. I can't go in and say, hey, what do you sell? American food. No, like I've got to buy a hamburger. Um, and so the first thing you do is you start with each individual product. Some people will refer to them as SKUs, but like what are the things that you sell, product or service? And you list those off. Um, and, and then there's an entire exercise that then you work backwards to say, okay, I know what I'm selling. So I know where I'm trying to get people to come. I'm trying to get them to one of these products or services. Then you step backwards and say, okay, now how am I selling this? In some cases I might have a sales team that's selling it. Some cases it might be an automated sales process online. And then I'm going to work backwards from there and I'm going to identify now, what are all the things that I'm doing to capture leads get those leads warmed up to us as a brand and to us as a service provider or, or a product provider so that they'll want to talk to me and get into my sales process. So if you imagine like three columns, what we've just done is we've just identified in the far right column, these are all the things that we have to fulfill and deliver on. They're all of our product or service offerings. I backed up one column and I said, okay, um, here's how I sell those. And then I backed up another column to say, here's how I get leads and turn them into people that want to talk to me so that I can sell them. And so I've created at a high level, we call it uh, or now we call it the small business success playbook, but it's basically how you how people flow through your business from lead all the way through to client. Um, and then there's a whole other series of steps that you go through to say, okay, so I've got all these things outlined. I know that I'm going to do a webinar here to get leads to try and get them to engage with my sales team. I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to do this Facebook advertising that drives to this free report. All of those are trying to get people to say, yeah, I want to talk to your sales team. And my sales team is closing into all my products and services. So I've got this map of how somebody runs. Well, then I've got to go in and say, okay, like let's zoom in and look just at the sales process and let's figure out how that should run. Like what kind of experience am I creating for my prospects? And then we get in and say, okay, what emails do I want to send? When do I send them? How long between my follow-up attempts? Like then we got to go through and plan all those details out. And once we have that plan, we call it creating an executable blueprint. Well, then you can go build. So that would be the process. We'll start at a high level. Let's figure out what we're trying to build. Zoom into a specific spot in the business. Get really clear and create a blueprint of how we want that part of the business to run. And then we can go. Then we can actually go build it. Go write the emails. Go implement it into an Infusionsoft or whatever other tool. Got is it. That, is that, is that what you're asking for? Yeah. No. That, that totally makes sense. And it, it just sounds. I, I think at a high level, it sounds like you, you have to figure out how to segment. You know, certain areas of your business first to kind of simplify everything and then map it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We call it. So we call it the Lego principle. And the reason being is I don't know I don't know if you bought a Lego set recently, but my my boys are into Lego sets <laughs> very much so. So you buy a Lego set. Let's hypothetically say you go buy like a thousand piece Lego set. Well, when you buy it and you come home and you open it up and, and, and drop everything out, you don't get a thousand Lego pieces. What you do is you get about seven bags, and each bag has its own set of. It's not there's a set of instructions that walk you through bag by bag how to put it together, and then at the end you put all the bags together to make the final product. It's the exact same way in your business. Your business is the thousand-piece Lego set with this really cool picture on the box, but you don't go try and put all thousand pieces together at once. You identify, okay, what are the bags that make up this picture, and let me go focus on one bag at a time. So that's exactly what we focus on doing. 
Got it. Okay. Now for the business itself, and let me just take a let me just take take a step back really quick. So what when it, when when you're putting together this map, you know, what type of tool are you using to kind of map it all out? Um, so we use a tool. It, it's there's not a tool that's built for this specifically. Um, we're actually going to build one, but we use a tool right now called Balsamic. We or we'll just draw. We have worksheets that we've created because this whole process I described, like we've got step by step instructions on how to walk through it. So we've got worksheets for every step of the process. So we're either drawing it or if we want to make a digital copy, we'll use a tool called Balsamic, which is it's just like a wireframing tool, but it allows us to to create a visual in a digital format of how people are going to run through the business. Got it. Okay. Now for the business itself, you know, how are revenues looking today? Uh, revenues are looking good. Um, we did uh, in our first full year, uh, we you know we had a really, really good first full year. We did seven figures in our first year. We've grown anywhere from uh, about 35 to 45% every year. Uh, this year, um, we were on track to double until we decided that we wanted to shift our model to a recurring revenue model. And so uh, we'll end up doing, uh, let's see, probably about 2.8, a little bit under $3 million this year. Nice. Okay. And this is, I mean, you know, all, like you said, all of this is built off of Infusionsoft right now. So there's just so much more room for room for growth, I think, in, in the whole marketing automation space overall. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I feel like we're just scratching the surface of what can be done in the Infusionsoft space. But yeah, when you when you like release kind of the, the when you look beyond the Infusionsoft space, the opportunity there is is massive for sure. Okay. So tell us about some mistakes you see, you know, startups making when it comes to marketing automation, aside from, you know, just not doing it at all. <laughs> um, well, the, I mean, okay, specific to marketing automation, I would say the, the biggest mistake or the biggest challenges that I see people facing um, are, as well, I'll just go through a couple of them. They're, one, they, they don't know what they're doing, and, and I'll have to kind of clarify what I mean by that. Um, they haven't stopped to get clear on what they're actually, um, on, on how they're going to get the result that they want. So when people come into marketing automation, they buy into it based on these high-level benefits of, oh, it's going to help me make more money, or, oh, it's going to help me save more time, or I'm going to get you know, better visibility or more peace of mind, like more reporting or more peace of mind in my business. So that's why they buy, because they, they see marketing automation being able to provide that. What, they, what most people I see fail to do then is say, okay, now, how is, they can't answer the question, how is marketing automation actually going to make that happen? And not in like a high-level theoretical way, like tactically speaking, where am I going to apply marketing automation in my business, specifically in my client journey, so that it's going to produce more money or so that it's going to produce more time? Like most people, if you go ask them if they're using marketing automation to get to those results and they say yes, and then you follow it up with, okay, so what is your plan for how it is that that's actually going to happen with marketing automation? Most people can't give you an answer. So I'd say that, that's number one is there's, there's a disconnect. They're buying a dream, but there's no plan behind the dream. And then there's nothing wrong with the dream or wanting the result or the outcome. But if, if, you, if you don't want to get stuck with marketing automation, then you've got to add the next analytical layer that says, okay, if I want this to help me double my revenues or, or just allow me to go home at 5 o'clock every night, where in my business am I going to actually do this? Like, is it going to be in my sales process? Is it going to be in my fulfillment process when somebody buys a product? Uh, is it going to be on the marketing side when I'm trying to get more people that want to talk to my team? Like, where am I going to actually use this thing? To, um, to actually get more money or to save more time. So that would be, that's one really, really big area. I've got some other ones, so I can keep going or yeah. if you want to jump in. Yeah, let's in keep going. About. Okay, um, so, so that's one. The other one is that they, people fall into the trap of doing what we call, it's called, we call it blimp limiting. 
where you try and blueprint and implement at the same time. And so uh, what I mean by that is let's say that somebody actually went through the process of saying, hey, here are the goals of what I want um, to have happen in my business. And here's exactly how I'm going to use marketing automation to make it happen. I'm going to go and I'm going to leverage I'm going to leverage marketing automation in my sales process. And that's going to help me close more. Well, then what they'll do is they'll go and they'll start trying to build it, but they don't have a plan. And, and if you look at like, think of trying to build like your dream home. If you went in to build your dream home and, um, and you just started building, like you went straight to like a contractor and said, Hey, I have a dream home. Here's kind of, here's kind of an idea of what I want. I want three, you know, I want seven bedrooms. I want five bathrooms. I want a really big room like this. And you just said, go build it. The contractor is going to laugh at you and tell you that you need to go talk to an architect to actually go through and define, okay, well, like, I know you want five rooms, but how big, where do you want them? Do you want the master bedroom right next to the, like, the, the nursery? Do you want it, like, separate? Like, you've got to create, you've got to get into the weeds of the details of exactly how it's going to work before you start building. Otherwise, what happens is you literally find yourself, it's like you have a goal in front of you and you're sprinting at it. And if you look down, you realize that you're running on a treadmill because you haven't stopped and said, oh, no, if I want to get to the goal, I just need to, like, take a right walk out the door and get to the target that I'm going to. But instead, because we don't do that, we get comfortable with the fact that we're doing stuff, um, but we're not making any progress because we don't get anything done because we haven't actually defined what it is. Makes sense. So, Makes sense. Uh, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, no, no worries. I, I mean, other if you go beyond that, then the only other thing is if people do that, the, the la- if, if they get past those two, the other one that I see big time, especially with entrepreneurs is, we like to think that we're superheroes and that we can do everything. And so we like to pretend like we could ignore the reality of this thing called a, a calendar and the number of hours in the day. Um, so the other place that I see is when people create this plan, they get really excited because they're going to go do it all now. And so they try and cram like a year's worth of work into a month. And what ends up happening is you really don't end up getting anything done at all. So I think in terms of marketing automation, if people can, if the, the, the successful entrepreneurs and the successful clients that we work with are the ones that are hyper-disciplined about, about saying, okay, I know what revenue numbers I want to get to. I know what kind of business I want to build. Let me back up and decide what that means in terms of marketing automation. And then from there, let me take a piece of that off and let me go create a blueprint and then I'll go build it. And when you're disciplined at following that process, what's the end desired result that I want? How is marketing automation, this tool or strategy going to serve that? And then let me go blueprint exactly what that means, which emails are going to be sent, when are they going to be sent, what are they going to say, and then I can go actually write it, write the emails, create everything I need to like in an Infusionsoft. When you're disciplined about that process, that's when you can actually gain traction and, and, and make something happen in your business, specifically as it applies to marketing automation. So Okay. Now, can you share some success stories and specifically, you know, people like hearing about numbers. Um, so can you share any like numbers and success stories around just, I guess, one case? Um, in terms of, of like somebody implementing something in marketing automation. That yeah, that you guys took care of. Yeah. And you don't have to name the company. Um, let me think of, oh, I didn't, I didn't think to come prepared with numbers like that. Um, let's see. It's okay. High level is fine. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll give an example and see if something else pops to mind. So there's one that comes to mind. There's a company that does uh, a really, really, really big event. They have about 3,500 people that show up. Um, and uh, a couple of years ago, they had a registration process where people, you know, people come, they show up, and they come register that they're there at the event. Um, or it's like the check-in process. And their check-in process was uh, horrendous. Like, it was horrible. And it created big old long massive lines. It was, it was a massive mess. 
And what we came in and did is we helped them architect, we helped them leverage technology around this, around the marketing automation. You know, they were using Infusionsoft, but we had, we had built a tool. We helped them come in and streamline their check-in process. So, so here's what happened. They got 30, like about 3,000 people that are checking in the morning of the first day of the conference. And, um, and I was a little bit late getting down there by about 45 minutes. And I was a little bit nervous because we had set this whole, we had architected the whole experience, set the tools up for everything to work. And, and I had my phone on. Normally my ringer's off so you can't get a hold of me, but I had it on in case something was going wrong so I could come help. I came down about 45 minutes later and there was nobody in line because they had already burned everybody through. And, and for them, when you're talking about like 3,000 people coming to an event where they're going to go try and sell um, additional stuff, plus we had baked in where when people were checking in, they had the opportunity to do upsells right there for recordings of the event and other stuff. Um, it had a massive I – don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but, but the impact was – You've got people that are coming in, and the check-in process was as smooth as it could possibly be, which means you haven't created any extra friction that will then deter from them being in a situation or in a mental state to be able to go buy something later. So it was a massive stress off of them, and then also created a bunch of attendees that were, uh, that were ready to buy. Now, uh, was this event uh, a couple months ago? Um, that's, what are we, in October? No, this is like in February. In February, yeah, a couple a couple months ago, I believe we're at the same event. Uh, I think I know what you're talking oh, yeah, about. Oh yeah, 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 we were there. Yeah, we were at the same event. Yeah, no, I, I remember. I walked straight through the line, and it was it was it was set up to have a super big line, but there was no line, which was interesting. Yeah. So I guess that was your doing. Nice job. Yeah, thanks. Um, cool, man. All right, um, what? I guess when it comes to setting up like a simple funnel, you know, is it usually, and feel free to jump in here. I mean, is it usually just, you know, you put a lead magnet up there and then a lead, the lead magnet is very specific to the subject that you're talking about and you kind of segment that way. And then you start to, you know, take them down a sequence or how does that, how does a simple funnel look? Uh, I, so I always start on the other side. So the, the key, the key to, to planning out like a client journey or really just how you want a process to work in your business is to start at the end, not at the beginning. So what you do is you start with, where am I trying to get this person? So I want them to buy a particular product um, or a service. And it can be like an expensive one, or it can be a, a, a $10 thing that you're just trying to get them to spend some money. But knowing where you're trying to get them is, is always where you start. Because then from there, so like let's say I'm selling um, like a, a $500 online course or a $500 product or whatever. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, okay, I know that I want to get them here, um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna think through what are the things that I need to get them to know and understand and believe in order for them to buy this thing, and then I'm gonna work backwards from there. So um, so one one way you could do that is say, hey, I'm trying to get them to buy a $500 course, um, and I'm gonna talk about um, you know I'm gonna teach them the simple process of how to map their marketing automation. That's the topic we're talking about. So we'll go with that. So okay, so if I'm gonna back up, what do I need to do to get this person to buy to spend $500 with me? Um, and, and, and I, and I want to make sure that the people that I'm putting this offer in front of are people that care about this topic. So I'm going to go back a step and say, okay, well, I, I could put a bunch of leads in through into sales reps. Now the sales reps close them down. I have to make sure that my numbers work out. Or I could say, you know what, maybe I will just go do a lead magnet. I'll put a lead magnet up that, that is basically a teaser about the course that they're going to get into. Um, but it's not all of the course, right? So I can, I can put that, that I can take a piece of what my course is. Um, throw that up as a lead magnet, and then I've got to go drive traffic to it. And I would create that lead magnet, whether it's a video or a report, I would create that lead magnet in a way where I'm only going to attract people who are likely. It's not just, I don't go do advertising just to get people that might want the lead magnet. I only want to get people to opt in for the lead magnet that want to buy my product. So I want to position my lead magnet in a way that it's actually going to lead to the desired result 
of the product. Otherwise, I'm just spending money to get leads that have no interest in, in what it is that I'm selling. So for a simple funnel, um, assuming like a, a product or a service or something like that, what I would do is I would work backwards from where am I trying to get them? What are the things that I know about the person that's going to want to buy that product or service? And it might even be just opting in to talk with me about a, you know, a bigger service. That could be the end result where I'm trying to get somebody. But what do I know about that person? What do they want? Um, what are they afraid of? And then I want to create a lead magnet that is extremely enticing to them. And I want to deliver it in a way that will highlight all the benefits of what they can get by continuing on with me and also diminish the fears that they have. I want to make sure I, I talk to those. So a simple funnel could be, you know, some Facebook advertising, some pay-per-click advertising, some affiliate promotions to a lead magnet. On the thank you page of the lead magnet, I've got an upsell opportunity into the full course. If they don't take it, then I send them, you know, three or four or five follow-up emails trying to convince them that they should jump into the course. Uh, if they don't buy, then I drop them into just kind of a long-term nurture list where I'll send them stuff periodically. Uh, if they do buy, then I'm going to take them through the course and, and deliver the content. So that'd be kind of a very simple one component of a business that you could put into place. Love it. Okay. Now, I, I guess, you know, people always like examples. So, you know, what are some businesses out there or websites that you think have really killer sequences that you'd recommend people often do just to learn? Um. So the people, so here are the people whose list I'm on, and you know, you get on a bunch of people's list. I I have a, a goal whenever I'm writing content. I I call it folder status, which is I want the I want subscribers on my email list to create a folder for my emails, um, and I've got a, I've got a handful of those because you know you have like I don't read every email on the people's list I'm about to describe, but they're they're the ones where it's like okay I'm going to keep it because when I have some downtime I'll go back and read through them because. I'm not even reading them for what they're selling. I'm reading them because of the educational value um, of what it is, of how they do what they do, which is that's a whole lesson of itself. If, if entrepreneurs could really open up and, and pay attention just to how successful people do what they do. Um, but the people that, that I would suggest opting into, uh, one of them is Perry Marshall. It's one of my favorites. Perry Marshall? Um, Perry Marshall. Okay. Um, yeah, he does a bunch of stuff in AdWords, Facebook advertising. Um, he, uh, he's been around a long time, but, but what I would look for specifically uh, with him is the way that he handles his content and his, his email, like the way he writes his emails and structures them is phenomenal. It's like a free course in, in copywriting. Um, another one for me that I like kind of along the same lines is Ramit Seti from I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Mm. Um, Though Perry Marshall and Ramit Seti are going to be like you get a totally different flavor. But if you, if you stop and ignore what they're selling and just pay attention to how they do it, uh, they, it's, just, it's amazing. It's phenomenal to, just to, to dissect like how and why they do things the way they do. Um, I follow Digital Marketer. They have a lot of really good content, and, and they're going to give you a totally different flavor in terms of how they do follow-up. With them, there's an element of paying attention to what they do, but then also their content is actually teaching how to do a lot of this stuff, uh, whereas... Perry and, and Ramit are not necessarily teaching like how to do this automation, this follow-up and email stuff. Digital marketer is. So those three are the ones that come to the top of my head. Like if I were to say go start somewhere, pick up those three and you'll get a good blend of, um, of how, kind of how to put it all together from writing the emails to how to structure stuff. Th those are all pretty good resources. Yeah, you're totally totally on board with all three of those guys. Um, I think just to throw a few more here in the, in the show notes, um, I think – uh, Frank Kern has got some great stuff. He's always been a solid guy. And then uh, who else do we got? Russell Brunson. They, they all got great stuff. And they're all kind of totally. from the same world too. So um, yep. we'll leave that in the show notes for you guys. But great suggestions there. Um, so Brad, tell us about one piece of advice you'd give to your 25-year-old self. 
<laughs> Only one, huh? All right. Um, oh, let's see. Think deep. Um, okay, so so there's a, I believe it's an African proverb. Um, I don't know, I saw it at the end of a movie. There's an African proverb that that captures the essence of what I would commit. There's actually two ideas, but it, but they're both captured in the same proverb, so I'm going to cheat and give the proverb and then talk about both of them. Um, the proverb is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And, um, and so what I would, uh, what, that, what that captures for me, the essence of that, that I would try and beat into my 25-year-old head is, one, you can go far. Um, and you're going to be your biggest enemy about, from going far, and it's going to be because of a bunch of mental head trash. But there's nothing out there, like all of the forces that you see or all of the reasons why you think you're going to fail are all fabricated in your mind. Um, so, so that's the idea of like you can go far. You can go as far as your brain will allow you to go. And if you're limited, it's because you're limiting your brain. So that, that would be, um, that'd be like the first, the first kind of big idea is, look, you can create amazing things. You just got to get out of your own way. So that's, that would be like point number one out of the proverb. Then the other point is the if you want to do that, you're not going to do it on your own. Um, and, and so recognizing super early on that you have to master the ability to let go of things and recognize that just because somebody else does it differently than you doesn't mean that it's better or worse. It just means that it's different. And so you don't have to have everything done the way that you would do it. Like the way that you would do it is not the air quote, the right way. It's just a way. And recognizing that um, somebody else can send out emails or design landing pages or run meetings or create um, ideas around culture that are totally different than the way that you would do it, and that's totally fine. And you're going to go way further when you stop trying to control everything. So, you know, I always, like I always tell people, look, the, the, your business will grow as much as you do. And when your business stops growing, it's because you stop growing. And what I've found is there are two main areas where if I stop growing, things come to a screeching halt. One of them is my belief in what we can accomplish and what we can create and how I look at the world. If, if I look at it from the lens of, look, I just go create whatever I want, then we can go do really amazing stuff. The other side is, um, is the when we start to slow down is when I start to lose sight of Look, we've got an amazing team. We can bring people on, put them into roles, and they can just excel and own things and produce and do amazing things. So, so I would say that proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. And you can. If you want to go far, then go together. And, and far means, one, it's possible. And then together means, two, you're not going to do it on your own. So get ready to bring people on and let them own things and let them, let them have as much say and as much influence in what happens as you would have if you're doing it on your own. Love it and uh, totally agree with that. Um, okay, so how in an ideal world, let's say you had an ideal day, how would that day be structured? It's um, an interesting question. Um, so, so I, I like I, I feel like I'm for where I am right now in my life, like recognizing that that changes and that adjusts. Like I feel like I'm I'm mostly there. Um, for me, it's I wake up in the morning. Um, and, um, I'm home. I run like, again, I got five kids, right? So I'm home in the morning. I'm able to be present when I'm home in the morning. Um, you know, get up, we've got the routine in the morning with the kids, we have breakfast and then I take them to school. 
once I take them to school, like I'm good to work. And where I'm at right now, like where I am in my life right now, I don't, like I'm not, I'm not trying to get to a beach. Like I can go take vacations if I want to. Um, like I got, I got an impact that I want to make. And so I'm fine coming in and putting in work. Um, I would like to pick my kids up from school. Uh, so leave it, you know, two thirty or three in the afternoon, go pick up my kids from school and be there and be present as, you know, be a part of the, uh, the chauffeur who drives them to dance and to skateboard lessons and to soccer practice and, and all of that, and then be home for the evening and, and, and to be present there and then, and then have that loop, right? Like to do that and know that outside of like the, the ideal day that if we want to go on a, on a trip, we can, we can go on a trip. So, so I'm, I'm pretty, like we've been really intentional here at Sixth Division about making sure that, um, that we create that, not just for me, but for everybody else. And, and, and I don't have exactly what I just described, but for me, being able to spend a good solid chunk of time towards making a difference in the world through the business, but then having that be bookended by being able to be present where it matters most, which is at home with my family and raising my kids. I got 13 and a half years left with my youngest son. And so I've made a commitment that for the next 13 and a half years, I'm going to do everything I can to be there. And then when that's done, I can, I can put more time into work and maybe who knows, maybe then it shifts and it's more um, you know, me and my wife hanging out as grandkids. I, I don't know what it looks like, but but that would be for me is home until the kids go to school, pick them up and be home with them at that and then crank on cool stuff in the middle. That's that's basically what it looks like for me. Nice. Totally respect that. Um, okay. What's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone? Uh, Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson. Okay. And what was that? What's that book about again? Is it just, you know, just go with it or? No, it's... Uh, it's um... He breaks down the four phases that all businesses go through as they grow. And it basically is, you know, loosely put in revenues because it depends on what you're selling and what kind of business model you're in. But it's, it's zero to a million, a million to 10 million, 10 to 100 and 100 plus. And, and what he does is he breaks down um, the biggest challenge that you have at each one of those phases and then exactly what to go do to get over it. Um, and, uh, and, and it's like, it, it's what had us go from zero to a million and it has us on the trajectory that we're on. I only read the truth be told, I've only read two sections. Uh, I read the initial introduction where he overlaid what the, what the four sections were about. Um, and the first time I read it, I read the first section. I didn't bother reading the second one cause we didn't have a, a million dollar business. So I didn't need to know how to go from a million to 10 million. I just needed to know how to get to a million. And it gave us a tremendous amount of clarity and laser focus and, and told us specifically what to go do. Um, then I went back and I read the million to 10 million after we hit the million dollar mark. Um, and it gave a whole nother set of things. And obviously it doesn't have everything, but it's a great, um, it's a great framework for, Hey, this is what your business is going to go through. So ignore all of the, like, you're going to hear a lot of advice that people will give and they're giving advice, but it applies when you're in like a $3 million business. Just ignore it. Like you're not there yet. Let's go back to the zero to a million and let's go do this. And so that, uh, that's one of my, it's one of my favorite books because it literally was the, the, like the principles in there and the focus it gave us helped us go from, from nothing to where we are relatively quickly. Love it. Okay. Well, Brad, what's the best way for people to find you online? Um, go to sixdivision.com. It's S-I-X-T-H division.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's every one of them is just Brad Martineau, um, and you'll get the name from the, from the show notes and everything. So Give me up there or, or wherever. That's the best way to get a hold of me. All right, everyone. This is Brad from Sixth Division. Brad, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Hey, everyone. Just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. 
So all you need to do is text quick tips to 33444. That's the word quick Q U I C K and tips T I P S is in sugar to 33444 and you get instant access. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.